UFOs and flying saucers and ETs In government conspiracies But I've seen none of the above If I did, I think I probably would run a million miles Lose my little mind Hello everybody, welcome to 2016 And welcome along to X-Files Talk X-Files the only podcast which drank a bit too much to celebrate New Year's last night and consequently vomited up much more than you'd think was humanly possible. <laughs> I'm your host, David, and joining me today I have Cave and Roy from xfiles.news. Hello. Hello to both of you. Happy New Year. Hello. Thank you. Happy New Year to you too. Happy New Year. I trust you both had good Christmases? Yes. Yep, lots of uh, zombie hunting on the uh, the New Year as well. Yes, um, uh, a little bit of making out in hallway scenes, but kept it to a minimum. Um, not into the PDA thing, so a little because platonic. Yeah, yeah, because it would be wrong, and everything should be platonic. Well, it is platonic. It's an irrational platonic, but. Uh... <laughs> uh, yes, it is. So today uh, we are here. It's the new year, and we're talking a new season. We're doing the first few episodes from season nine. With the new look X Files, ta-da! And um, so let's talk about that first before we even get into the listener question. We have new opening credits now. They are very, very shiny and uh, very, very new looking. It's kind of like it, it's a big jump in sort of style from the old <laughs> ones. And they changed the theme just slightly too. Yeah, to the, the I noticed that. It's it like like it tingy at the beginning yes it's just it's so slightly different there's a new uh, sort of layer to it underneath everything mm-hmm. yeah. maybe it's the hum of the super soldiers internal organs <laughs> and oddly i don't know if that's a if this is an itunes thing or not but when i was uh preparing for the the episode today i went back and i you know i'd rewatch most of the episodes and this time instead of uh watching them on my DVDs, I had them on iTunes. And on some of the episodes, the theme was new, and on some of them it wasn't. Like, the credits were always new, but the the music changed from episode to episode, so I kind of wondered if that was something that had gotten changed when they did the um, the HD conversion, or if it was just a coincidence, but... We should investigate this. I'm not sure. It was only when I, had, when I was actually listening with my headphones on that I really picked up on the bit underneath everything, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so did either of you uh, ever know anyone who had their name in the in the credits at the beginning of the fans? not. I'm sad. No. no. What we're talking about there is there's a bit in each of the season nine episodes where you have a list of weird looking names and they're usernames of files. I think it was off the official Fox yeah. forums or something, which I never ever went to. So. Right. If, the only one I ever recognized was Frog Doggy, but he was a, a fanfic writer, too, if I remember correctly. Way back in the day. <laughs> I mean, I think it would be fun to do that these days, but I really like that they went back to the old credits for the revival, so I'm excited about that. But yeah. Spoiler! Oh, well, okay. <laughs> That's I ruined it for everyone. Well, we're going to do this spoiler-free as best we can. Um... Well, we've talked about this before, so, okay, our listener question this week is from Joe Carroll, and he's asking about all the dead characters coming back to the revival. So we've already talked about this, we know that Cancer Man, Lone Gunman are coming back, 
so you two have already seen my struggle part one mm-hmm. so without revealing anything from that <laughs> see if you can answer joe's question uh, with all the dead characters who are returning do you think they can bring them back in a believable or satisfying way or do you think it'll come off as forced or ridiculous hmm. i mean my struggle is really like a reintroduction to like Mulder and skelly and where they are um, so I won't say like much more beyond that. So I don't think it's like a thing you have to worry about in the very beginning. Um, I don't, I mean, this has been kind of like announced that, you know, obviously the lone gunman, but uh, they're coming a little bit later on. Um, I mean, I assume the lone gunman have like faked their death, but I'm not really sure how that's going to play. Um, I always thought cigarette smoking man would come back in flashbacks and that would be like totally fine with me, but I'm not sure... Cause like he did this thing where he burst into flames and like flames shot out of his eye sockets. And I find it like hard to believe that his brain is like still like alive, but <laughs> maybe, may, I don't know. The truth is out there. Chris will explain <laughs> it. <laughs> I guess somehow we'll find so, out. I feel like if you, if you've read any of this season 10 comics, it was explored a bit there. Um, and in a way that it made sense. I mean, I, I, I could totally see the gunmen faking their deaths. So, you know, like Roy mentioned. So I, I could see that being satisfying. And I'm dying to see how they pull it off. But they, they, they lived secret lives in the South. They became cowboys. <laughs> like they're ranchers the first now. few episodes of that X-Files comic. And I really liked the whole reveal of how the little gunman was still around. Yes. I can't remember how they did Cigarette Smoking Man, so can you remind me of If I remember correctly, he was a clone, which also made sense, you know, because then you're not resurrecting somebody who had his face burned off. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I have many questions, and there's some things I can't say at the same time. Yes, yeah. Just a very short answer. Do I think they could make it happen in a way that could be satisfying? Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, Will they? It'll be interesting to see if they can pull it off. Um, Yeah, I mean, the X Files did some like really ridiculous things that you're like, that is totally believable. I could, you know, and I mean, if you were to explain the X Files to someone who's never watched it, you're like, well, there's this conspiracy with aliens. And they would be like, "You, you kidding me? You watch that? I was like, no, 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 it makes sense. I swear it makes sense. Um, so I feel like we just have to, to give them a chance and, and see what happens. I do think that, um, there's some really great stuff that's come out about it recently that looks like really, really awesome and promising. So I'm not like too, too worried about it, you know? So. Yeah. I'm sticking with my original theory on Lone Gunman that they're in that one episode, which I think must be about life after death or something like that, or it's going to be dealing with people who have died. So. Babylon. That's how I think they figure into it. And I'm like, you. Yeah, I thought that Cancer Man was going to be there strictly in flashbacks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we've revealed something there. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, yeah. Monica Reyes and Dana Scully run off together is actually the big spoiler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's how episode six ends, like driving off into the sunset. Um I would watch the and, shit out of that. And and Frohickey have finally admitted their love. And um they're gonna have like a dual gay wedding, actually. So <laughs> <laughs>
Anyway, back to the question. <laughs> I was racking my brains trying to think of some sort of way that it would make sense that Kenzaman is still alive, that maybe he got that stuff in on me, but then he'd have to fake his death twice when he gets pushed down the stairs, and then when the whole rockets shoot him in the face. So I think Jeremiah Smith must have been standing by right after the truth and Mulder and Scully sort of disappear. <laughs> he was like in a secret room like in the Anasazi yes, temple. Yes, he's been having a platonic <laughs> relationship with a cigarette smoking case. man for several years. <laughs> but like how do you, like he's like a smoldering pile of ash. Like how do you bring that back to life? He's a super soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Avi. Thank you, Avi. <laughs> But, like, I feel like if he were a super soldier, he wouldn't look like a ragged mess at the end of the truth. Because, like, let's be honest, Noel Rohr and Shannon McMahon, they, they look pretty decent. They looked alive, which is more than you say for cigarette smoking well, men. Noel Rohr was decapitated, so... Yeah, and then he put that thing back on, and he was fine. <laughs> it's Jeremiah Smith. He just put his palm on him, and boom. <sighs> I don't know. You know, and just, we still have to go into all the stuff about Skelly's baby and was it engineered and we're probably still not going to find out in the revival. So, <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> I give up. I don't even know anymore. Well, on that note, it, it seems appropriate for me to share my thoughts on the first two episodes. <laughs> yep. Nothing yes. important happened. And the fact that I always refer to these episodes as nothing interesting happened today should say it all. Um, yeah. So, I'm assuming most people listen to this have listened to other podcasts that we've done talking about mythology in the last two seasons, so I'm going to skip over my usual routine here. <laughs> and, um, I guess, okay, uh, well, let me see this. Let me say this. The, these episodes, it, it seems like there's stuff in here which could be interesting, but the way that they've gone about telling the story just isn't. And that I just really feel like, you know, in the classic mythology episodes when even when Scully's abducted that episode is based around Dwayne Barry a crazy guy who has taken people hostage and even in Memento Mori where it's an episode of her you know lying in hospital bed it does a good job of providing some other action that really drives the story forward and you still get her emotional storyline as well whereas mm -hmm. in this one it just kind of seems really jumbled they're supposed to be investigating Kirsch but they're not really yeah. doing that, and then they turn up there and go, well, we couldn't find anything in this case that tied to your office. You think, you think, because it's got nothing to do with that in the first place. Yeah. Wait, and I'm not, is the chloramine ever really explained much past this episode? I feel like they made a big deal about the chloramine, which is just like ammonia with uh, chlorine, like substituted into one of the hydrogen slots. Um, and I think they use monochloramine I think it was called in water treatment, which is actually safer than regular chlorine. So I'm not really sure how you would transfer basically ammonia with some chlorine into like I don't know something to produce like alien offspring. I'm unclear on it. I like the theory that maybe they were using that as a way to I don't know like maybe increase people's iron stores and as a as a as a way to prep people for you know, becoming super soldiers and just the uh, the concept of messing with the water is a way to... It's always a good one. Like right. No, water. I think that was, there was definitely some potential there, but they just... 
it never went anywhere, you know, and that was just sort of the last we'd heard of it. Kind of fizzled a little bit. And then, like, Xena couldn't stay because she got pregnant. So, no more Xena. Um, she ran off with Ron Swanson. She did. Um, no, but, like, I think it brings up a lot of interesting questions about Skelly's baby that you kind of had before. Um, and it, like... You, you know, they were messing around with her doctors and stuff like that, but this time you see, like, really in-depth the lab. And I don't understand, like, while Skelly was in the lab, she's, like, looking for, you know, basically, like, her ova, I would assume. Um, but, like, sh- you know, and then they have to run out because, you know, the ship's about to explode. But she doesn't, like, grab any of them. I feel like she could have, like, grabbed some of them on her way out and, like, I don't know, stuffed them in her pockets. And, like, that would have given her something to go off of. Um Works for Mulder. Yeah, yeah. Like you can definitely store Ova in your pocket for extended periods. I wonder if like Mulder had it like in his fridge for a while. Um, yeah, he just kept it in the back. <laughs> and then like two years later, he's like, "Yeah, Here. they're just unviable. I'm sorry." <laughs> I ruined them when I kept them in my pocket for 17 hours and then put them in my freezer. Um, <laughs> he's like, took them straight to a specialist, except for the several hours I spent. With them in my pocket. Right. Trying to get back to you at the hospital. But yeah. Um, and the whole, I mean, and if you look at it too, just going right from the end of season eight into the beginning of nine, just the entire complete whiplash, emotional whiplash from this, you know, beautiful scene of Mulder and Scully oh, sharing a kiss over the top of their son. A platonic, no. platonic kiss, Kava. Platonic. Right. Over their platonic friendship, child. <laughs> platonic kiss. Yes. Only to turn around. And, you know, 48 hours later and we're back to questioning who the baby daddy is and how this all, like, are we serious? Like, Also, also, 48 hours after, well, she didn't, it wasn't definitely after giving, but because, you know, they went to a hospital and then she came home. But, like, several days, like, there's no way in hell Dana Scully is walking around in a pair of heels and a suit doing autopsies. Like, so not happening at all. (laughs) You can, can, uh, pretty clear hint that there were mostly males on the writing staff. Yeah, but like, <laughs> Frank Spotnitz, I think, I don't know, I think Frank Spotnitz had like kids at this point. I know, Chris Carter doesn't um, because the X-Files is his child and he's like abandoned it. Um, <laughs> it's just like, go off into the world. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I actually, I like, really want to ask them like, why make it like 48 hours? Why not like a couple weeks? You know, maybe they just wanted... Because um, oh, especially in the trust no uh, no one emails, you know, they talked about like you know them sp- spending such like a small amount of time together that they shared briefly or whatever the line was. Um, maybe they just like wanted Mulder and Scully to like suffer more, so they're like, you can have forty eight hours in each other's presence. <laughs> right. None of, none of this two weeks with your with your newborn before you have to go into hiding thing. No, you get forty eight hours because this is the X Files. <laughs> Yeah, like... And we like pain. Like, immediately after their little, like, platonic kiss, you know, <laughs> they were like, by the way, Scully, I think I should go on the run. And she's like, that's a great idea. Let's start planning right now. So, I don't, I don't know. And how did they manage to put this all together so quickly? I don't know. David, you have kids. When uh, when yours, yours were little, did you have the presence of mind 48 hours after... <laughs> <laughs> Were you awake enough to be able to hatch some grand escape plan? Uh, well, my oldest is going to be six in March, and I still don't have that kind of... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, I had a kitten once for, like, half a day, and, like, I was up feeding it every few hours, and I was, like, too exhausted to, like, shower. So, I mean, it was a kitten, and it was mostly eating on its own. So, I don't... <laughs> 
I don't understand what's going on here, but Dana Skelly is clearly a super soldier because no one looks that good after giving birth. But maybe, the, I mean, William cried like once, but maybe because he is special, maybe he's like a better baby. Maybe he's like a nicer, happier baby. Could be. He was good at keeping himself entertained with the mobile spinning, so, you know, not so, too demanding there. I have to say, the end of Nothing Important Happens Day 2... Um, where they fade to black, and then the sound comes on. That was brilliant. That was like a yes. really awesome, awesome choice. So that was interesting, David, wasn't it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Though the mobile sounds a little bit more like a like a windmill out in Farmer John's backyard, but okay. Yeah, so I was in Wyoming this, and we looked for Baby Will. Actually, as soon as we like crossed over, Jess and I did you know, our X-Files road trip. As soon as we crossed over to the border, we went to like the little rest stop and it, there was like a flag, Wyoming, and like, welcome to Wyoming. Actually, we stopped at this place called the Pine Bluffs. And we were like walking around the little trail around Was there, there. a variant there? There was a variant. And we were walking around the little like nature trail they had there. And like, I pulled out my phone and I played Michael Rowe, the boat ashore. like, <laughs> a Wyoming flag like flapping in the background. So I made the most of it. William is going to get adopted not in this episode so we'll save that pain for later so I I I don't know what to say about these episodes because I find them so boring and nothing happens and the whole thing is that it's supposed to be 48 hours after they fled the FBI so you know, how many hours after that did they actually leave the FBI? Uh, you know, how many hours did it take to actually get to Georgia and, mm-hmm. you know, go into labor and have a baby and stuff? Yeah. And then and also, back? how did Scully sleep for, like, six hours while nine months pregnant? There's no way she didn't have to pee, like, every hour. But, <laughs> anyway. Also, like, she's not going to be, like, wearing, like, a nice suit and nice pajamas after, like, giving birth. Like, that's not totally how it works. Also, like, your stomach doesn't go down that quickly. She was like, I did a few sit-ups and it was fine. (laughs) (sighs) I think the one sort of maybe minor saving grace of this episode, like, I liked Shannon McMahon. I thought she would have been really interesting and it was too bad that, you know, real life got in the way and that character wasn't able to continue. I also like Doggett just kind of going off on a tear and being a badass and like awesome, yeah. No, I'm going against everything, you know, Kirsch and everybody else wants me to do and even, you know, standing up to to Skinner who was telling him to back off and Mm -hmm. I like that he wasn't willing to let things go. It was it was it was fun to watch him do that. But yeah, other than that, it just I think it would have been a bit more interesting if they'd maybe, you know, focused a bit closer on Kirsch and not just been on, you know, looking into You're this up. whole um, CCTV footage and then the whole water and stuff. If we'd maybe dived a bit deeper into what's Kirsch's motivation and find out that he is actually a bad guy and it could have right. been a bit more right. interesting and given us something that we hadn't really <laughs> seen on the show before. And, you right. know, if that if he had turned out to be a bad guy, I mean... The, Either it could have been resolved in this episode, or it could have gone on the whole season. It could have been a long arc or something, but in the meantime, if he's been investigated, Skinner could have been promoted to deputy director, and then Scully could have become assistant director overseeing X-Files, and that way she has a purpose, and they don't just have to go knocking on her door when she's giving lectures all the time. Yeah. Scully, could you autopsy this body for us, please? Like, literally every episode, they're like, let's get Scully to autopsy it. That'll be fine. Um, There's budget cuts in the FBI. There's nobody else who can wield a scalpel. (laughs) 
Right. I, I like the idea of Skelly becoming an assistant. I, I feel like we should write this fanfic. Um, this is a good idea, guys. You know, I want to say there is one. I think, like, probably. There's a fanfic for everything, though. Like, Collision Regatta, I think. And, but I can't remember the title. But it, it explored sort of a similar theme like that. And William got to stay, so that was pretty great. Uh, stop. <laughs> and I need to go read Hurricane Season now. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, last last thing, and then we will move off <laughs> these episodes. Brad Fulmer, <laughs> do we want to discuss him or? Oh, such a dick! <laughs> He's like the worst person at the FBI. You just like want to like take the alien ice pick thing and like stab him in the eye. It's just he's awful. I I can't. What what did Monica like ever see in him? That's what I want to know. No, and I I, I kept uh, waiting for Doggett to punch him, and he never did, and I was very disappointed because that would have been great. Yeah. And I don't quite understand why they felt the need to throw another foil in there since we already had Kirsch to to fill the dick role. <laughs> you know, why did we need another one? But yeah, he never seems to. It's kind of interesting that they're coming at stuff from a slightly different angle, but he never really seems to find his groove. As to the character's purpose, you know, he never really pays mm-hmm. off at all. And well, he shoots the gangster who shot Doggett's son, right? Or the after Doggett's son was like kidnapped by the evil, yeah, like that pedophile. I'm a little rusty on release, but that's further down, yeah. so it's okay. But no, but he he like definitely like shoots him, right? It sounds very yeah. familiar, yeah. Okay. And, and as Avi also pointed out to me here shortly that the lack of shirts in this episode is also excellent but you know oh, yeah Doggett like wakes up he's like I sleep in the nude as does Reyes just saying yeah. um yeah are they are they in um, separate beds or are they in one big platonic they, thing size <laughs> one uh, giant okay. platonic bed well when we get to 4D we can talk about the Polish sausage that Doggett gave to Reyes <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> let's okay, let's go to Demonicus then. Or Demonicus. Okay. Mm-hmm. And basically, this episode is like the vomiting it episode. Is. And I forgot about the and vomiting. Made... Ep- the vomiting bit, and then it came on, and I just laughed for about five minutes, and I had to go back <laughs> and rewatch the bits I just laughed over literally watching that on a plane today and the guy who was sitting next to me kept looking over like what in the hell because that scene goes on forever it's just the guy just keeps puking and you've already had dinner service what? come through yeah. <laughs> during the course of that scene uh, oh it really does i made an, a gif of the entire scene which i just linked to you for your viewing pleasure <laughs> and it just it it goes on for quite a while actually now that i'm watching it on a loop also like i didn't I've never really seen vomit look like that. I just love Doggett's expression when he's holding the guy. The guy starts vomiting on him, and he just looks up. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And <laughs> he like, just stands not there, like waiting for his more of it at all. It's just like, dude, this is a new shirt. Puked oh, on like three times, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, maybe I should do something about but this. Oh, you cut off the end of it where the guy's just writhing on the floor, like spinning around like a like a water sprinkler. Well, the vomiting <laughs> part was. <laughs> There was like a size limit. <laughs> anyway. So anyway, but... vomiting scene aside, 
Mm-hmm. This was directed by Frank. It was the second episode, I should point out. Frank Spanis. Who does not believe in platonic Mulder and Scully. <laughs> but it's been so long since I'd rewatched this episode. I, all I could really remember was the, uh, the horror movie Sky, which was even more impressive than the one in postmodern Prometheus. But mm-hmm. this is actually a really good episode. Much better than, you know, I couldn't really remember it that well, but it was much better than I was expecting it to be. And it's probably the best one of this bunch and might be the best non-mythology episode that Spotlight's ever did. I'd have to think about that longer. I mean, but I, I, do I did not really... check my work and I didn't go back and check a list or anything. But <laughs> My vote still goes for 4D is the best of this bunch. Yeah. Really? This one is, especially well, on a scare level, this one's great. I mean, that, that open is just so horrifying and you see the, you know... That poor guy coming down the stairs and, and who he thinks is the intruder coming at him and he ends up shooting his wife. Yeah. Just, you know, it's just awful. Um, this is, uh, they also shot this during 9-11, so it was a pretty messed up time for... Oh, uh, yeah. They talk, if you've ever heard them talk about it, they were filming this episode when, when that happened. Um but um, anyway, I still vote for 4D. But this, oh, there's some really cool directorial bits in this episode, which I'd forgotten about. But, you know, watching it, I remembered that how impressed I was the first time that I saw them. You know, you have that opening shot of the moon reflecting in the puddle and then the truck drives through mm-hmm. it. You have the awesome bit where Monica's driving up to the crime scene and gets out the car and the camera just sort of goes out the car with it. You know, not a huge thing, but it's a pretty cool... Uh, moment that stands out in contrast mm-hmm. with typical mm-hmm. X-Files sort of style and of course you have that, that mm-hmm. transition from the checkerboard floor to the outside yes um, yeah. you know, those are cool little moments and the, even the sound of Doggett's footsteps when he walks out to the lecture theatre at the end plays very nicely mm-hmm. And I'm actually surprised Frank Spoutnitz hasn't done more directing he hasn't, like he didn't direct any of the Man in the High Castle episodes um I mean, I think writing and producing is his favorite, but um, I do it's enjoy definitely it. definitely got the eye for it. Yeah, I do enjoy yeah, it. Um, the directing on this episode is phenomenal. Um, and because the... Okay, we get the new dynamic here between Scully Doggett and Reyes, where she's trying to teach a class, trying to be a mother, and they just keep turning up, going, help us with this, help this person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But it plays off well here, but you can already tell how that's going to get old real fast. Um, yeah. But I guess she's... Remember when they, they make her necropsy a cat in Scary Monsters? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. She's like, you're kidding me, right? Yeah. That's actually quite a funny moment, though, because the guy who's crushing on Layla turns up with a box in her apartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing, too, yeah. I like... Here they're sort of, I mean, you start to see them two really playing with the dynamic again between Doggett and Reyes, where you have Reyes really kind of going by her gut um, and, you know, believing that she'd felt the evil in the room yeah. and, and Doggett just like absolutely wanting nothing to do with that. Um, and, and I think Monica's statement at the end, when you, she's talking to Scully after Doggett has laughed about how, you know, Doggett had felt it as well, but was afraid to admit it. It's kind of a very similar arc that we've seen before, but with the roles reversed. But I like Monica, so. I, I like Monica, too. 
her whale songs and uh, in 4D they were amazing together. She was like particularly amazing in 4D. But we can, we can like go and this. talk about 4D if everyone's done. Let's talk about 4D. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, you tell me what you like about this one first. <laughs> Well, 4D was originally a concept conceived for Mulder and Skelly that they hadn't used. Um, and I think it would have made, like, a phenomenal Mulder and Skelly episode, too. Like, I can't imagine them... Like, I would still be, like, in the corner, like, crying if it was with Mulder and Skelly. But it's still a really strong episode. Um, and he's like, well, you know, you know, you know your docket comes back, is, I think, what he not well, says, but... You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, oh, it's really good. It just like sticks with you. Um, and the Polish sausage. I'm a fan of the Polish. And also Monica's apartment in the beginning. It looks like really nice. I want that apartment. But, uh, anyway, we can go on to like actual 40 things <laughs> that aren't her. Well, I was gonna say, <laughs> I mean, I like all of the um, Doggett and Reyes moments in this episode but this, the main story doesn't really do anything for me because I find it hard I find it hard to buy into because you, there's no way that you believe Doggett's actually going to not come out of this okay and even the killer Lucas yes he's a bad guy and everything but because he's not actually killing real people he's killing people from a different dimension it kind of makes him not that threatening I thought. But like... <laughs> I thought he was scary as hell. Yeah. But... Alternate dimension lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I just... Maybe it was just a bit too sci-fi for me then. I, mm. I like the concept of how do you stop a guy like that who can just... Move in and out. Right, and and how he disappeared at the beginning, how you're you're not quite sure how that works, you know, and how he was able to vanish and then turn back around and, and end up shooting Doggett. Yeah. How do you stop a guy like that? Um, it, I think it would have been interesting to see that explored a little more, but overall I still thought he was pretty freaky. And when, like, Monica is, like, bleeding out on the steps, that's a, a fun moment. Um, but then again, they've done that before, where they, like, kill Mulder and Scully, and they're like, JK, yeah, yeah. in Monday. <laughs> but even with Monday, it didn't seem yeah. to be, you know, it's, I don't know, it seems a bit more x filey in the way that they handle it, whereas Season 9 has this thing of going into Twilight Zone territory quite a little bit. Mm -hmm. And this is mm -hmm. being one of those yeah. examples. But I will say that the um, that moment in the teaser where Doggett's chasing Lucas down the alley, and all of a sudden the police cars disappear behind him, I thought that was mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. I think Doggett and Reyes really, like, make the episode yeah, for absolutely. me. Um, and this is where, as, like, a pair, I think I start to feel, like, particularly, like, attached to them. Um, whereas, you know, Mulder and Skelly, you just, you know, you, they kind of got into their sink as partners. And I feel like, um, especially when Do Reyes is, like, notified that, like, Doggett's been shot. She's just, she just doesn't understand, and... You know, I feel so bad for Reyes in this episode because she's trying to settle yeah. into a new job with all these new co-workers, and everything that comes out of her mouth in this episode just makes her seem crazier and crazier to them. A little bit. Right. A little bit. She's <laughs> like, in my apartment. <laughs> he right. probably Polish sausage. Like, right. None of this makes any sense. Like... I wiped mustard off his Yeah, it doesn't. And... <laughs> 
I think there's also a blooper from this episode that's particularly hilarious. I think, like, Doggett's, like, dying. Uh, or, no, 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 is that from Audrey Polly where it's Reyes that's dying? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's Audrey Polly. Okay, but, you know, hospital's dying, yeah, Doggett and Reyes. This season. <laughs> that has a very good scene at the beginning, too, with when Doggett is a dog person. Um, but we'll just yeah, stick with the this episode as yep. well, the whole dog-cat conversation. Oh, she's like, you're definitely a dog person. And she's like, basically just like laying it out there. And he's like, I really have like a microwave dinner at home and I got to go um, watch some NASCAR. So. <laughs> Trying to convince Avi to come in here and talk too. <laughs> have to come talk about Dog at Reyes. Yes. My favorite soft dog. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> here, pull up a chair. <laughs> This is how this one's going to work, because season nine needs a little extra help. Oh, yes. I have spent, like, many a night discussing Doggett and Reyes. <laughs> like, I down to, like, all night talking about Doggett and Oh, Reyes. I believe it. Seems <laughs> <laughs> like I'm editing this all out. <laughs> I, it, I think it's quite cool that you come in here this episode, and, you know, you can see that these two have, you know, a shared history, which is more than just the investigation of his son's disappearance. You know, I mean, he's brought her on the, to the X-Files, not just for professional reasons. Hashtag platonic activity. Yeah, look at <laughs> oh, you, David. No. I'm down with the kids. I do my research. Because, I mean, you don't just bring sausage over to anyone. <laughs> um, oh, God. And, like, Davis is always so, like, open about it, which is why I like about the Polish thing. She just, like, comes up. She's like, let me, like, lick the mustard off your face, dog. It just holds still. Um, and he, he just doesn't know what to do. He's, he's, like, paralyzed in fear. And that's what happens in Audrey Polly, too. Um, but his wife is right, you know. Well, he's clearly not going to have Polish sauces with Reyes in the revival. Because he's not coming back. But maybe season 11. All right, Javi, come on. What do you want to say about Doggett and Rose? Where are we, like, where are we in this discussion? 4D. 4D. Okay, so of this episode, I love it basically because it just explores how their dynamic and how much they care about each other, even though they're, like, in complete different, you know, separate realities, even though we'd only get to see the one, right? And I would like I always wanted to see what would have been if we could just like see the other side of the coin where Monica dies and what's what's left of Doggett and like if he really comes forward to admit his feelings for her, which we only get to see kind of not really once we get to release. But um I love really that they're just, it's a change of pace for like everything else because like, just like um, Roy has said many times, it's like it gets to that relationship so much faster than we ever get with Mulder and Scully. And I feel like it was a wise decision uh, because if we had hit the same pattern with them, uh, well, it would th- still be like, Platonic. <laughs> and not only that, but I think that people would have gotten so bored and even more contentious about that that pairing because then, oh, you're 
mimicking whatever it is that you did with Mulder and Scully, you're also going to do it with Duggan and Reyes, and cement that notion that everyone or a lot of people have that, you know, for the Carterverse, it's impossible to develop a relationship in any other way than this epic, grand kind of relationship where you, you know, make love via hand-holding hand and, and that's all there is. And I like, too, that we're getting back towards more of a dog and race dynamic in this yes. episode, considering in the last one there was a lot of talk about Doggett's unresolved feelings for Scully, which I know, I, dude, I don't blame you. We all fall in love with her, but <laughs> I don't really want to watch some, you know, one more dude pine after Scully. Like, let, let, Doggett like every know. dude in the show kind of does. Right. <laughs> Plus, you know, they, just like Kevin said, they have a history, albeit not the, the cheeriest history together, because it stems from her involvement in his, in his son's death. But at the same time, there is probably not a, a, a better quote-unquote way to have a relationship between two people because you have already shared one of the most intimate moments in your life, even when it's the most painful one. So had they, in my head, had they had the opportunity of developing this, this period a lot more, um, even though they didn't have the seven years of relationship on screen that we could have seen, there was a lot to explore. A lot of guilt on, on, on John's side. A lot of, you know, needing to fix things from, from Monica's side. So, I don't know, man. That's like, I, I, really, I really need it. Whenever the show ended, that was one of the moments where I was like, but I need to know. I need, I need to know what happens with... Monica. I was really hoping we would get to find out in the revival. Well, um, that's <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. God nugget. Um, he gets like mentioned at some point, I believe, but they're not like living in a cabin in the woods eating Polish sausage together. So. Well, Alright, Lord of the Flies then, I guess. <laughs> this is a weird oh, episode. <laughs> okay, so I've got to start off with Aaron Paul. Jane Lynch, yes. and mm -hmm. a very yep. Thomas Schnauz episode. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, um, Schnauz is an old college buddy of Vince Gilligan, and um, I think Vince actually brought him on to the Long Gunman TV show, and he wrote the best two episodes of that, Madam I'm Adam and Tango de la Pistoleros, and he subsequently went on to be a writer on both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, and he also wrote the Scary Monsters episode in season 9 of X-Files. He's been writing for Man in the High Castle, too. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. He writes episodes 3, 4, and a couple, a couple of the later ones. Oh, cool. Yeah. He, uh, this whole episode is just has his stamp all over it. Just the vibe, the sense of humor, and most especially Dr. Rocky Bronzino. Okay. Oh God! I think he's from Rutgers University, which yeah. is my university, and I'd like to apologize to the world. <laughs> what is it with entomologists in this series? They're just weird. Uh, yeah, Scully like hates all entomologists, flirtatious yeah. entomologists. There was this person that I don't know if you've been following on Twitter that just rewatched the whole up the whole show in like a month and a half and like tweeted everything. And by the 
time that she got to this episode, she just kept repeating, she's a mother. You can't just attack Scully this way. <laughs> Don't you respect her? And it was hilarious. It was really hilarious. And the dude's creepy CPR move at the end. Like, for one thing, Scully, you're a medical doctor. You should know better that the, that the guy really doesn't need CPR if he's grinning. <laughs> you know, every time you turn away, like, come on. You, you think she'd have figured that out by now, but it just, no. Creepy. It was platonic CPR. It's platonic. It's fine. We are the medical doctor Scully does. Yeah. No face Yeah. You know, I want to find out how many times Scully says she's a medical doctor. This is like the stuff that should be on that info sheet that's floating around. Basically stole that thought from mom. Yeah. Um, also, I would put the correct number of episodes that came in. But Mr. Snape. Moving on. <laughs> so, what are your overall thoughts of this episode? It, it grew on me. It took a few viewings. Um, but there's just so, it's so ridiculous that it kind of works in a way, even though I can't quite explain why. But I, I like Jane Lynch, so that helps. It's just I like the fireflies. I think it just, it's just there, there's just so many episodes where you're like intensely trying not to, you know, die, and then you have this. That it's laughable. Yeah. You do the break, you know. It's completely yeah. off the wall and in a different way than we've ever seen before. I mean, we keep bringing up you know, Bad Blood as a, a classic humor episode, but that was completely different to anything that had come before it. And um, X Cops was completely different too. Yes. Um, I love X Cops. <laughs> and Bad Blood. Yeah. I love, like, Vince Gillian, actually. He's, like, my spirit animal, so. Right, but then he went and wrote Sunshine Days, and I cannot... No, he didn't. <laughs> oh, I gave my baby up for adoption, but this is awesome, guys. Brady Bunch. And let's just start off the TV, and it'll be fine. Let's be no. kind of passive-aggressive to fans, but whatever. No. <laughs> oh, that's going to be such a fun episode. <laughs> you are the Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to suffer. <laughs> Oh well, I, I like seeing Aaron Paul. I, I yeah. you know, I wonder about if is that actually his back that gets the word dumbass chewed into it, or you know, if that was a stand-in back. But it was kind of funny. I don't know, but we're asking the important questions. So. Yeah. Check the Wikipedia page. And how many of those bugs were CGI, and how many of them were real? Especially at the beginning, because that's just gross. Monica's like poking the kid's eye, and they all swoon. Nah. No thanks. I um, hate 30,000 live flies were then dumped onto him during filming. Ugh. Or that was for um, Dylan. For when they swarmed on him. Mm-hmm. So they did use at least some real flies. Well, whenever um, they did that episode with the bees, that the, the, the woman gets swarmed by the bees. Zero the sum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of like live bees on her. So yeah, they're like, let's dump bugs onto our actors. Corporate <laughs> <laughs> <Like> phages. Let's get Kim Anderson directed. Yes. <laughs> He's good at bug wrangling. He's good at what? Bug wrangling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not butt wrangling or whatever else you may think I have said. Oh. I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> 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 yep. <laughs> 
butt wrangling. Well, there is the butt genie, so well, yeah, that's that. true. Which is the same noise that the thing above William's crib makes, isn't it? Squeak, <laughs> squeak. <laughs> it's similar. It's not no, the same. So send WD forty to the production staff. <laughs> I actually, I found a good use for bad law, but it's a scientific acronym, so I'm not sure it'd be, like, useful to any of you. But I used it to remember stuff for, um, I think, like, a chemistry test back in the day. Like, bronsted acid donor, Lewis acid acceptor. Bad law. Which goes back to then Doggett's joke in this episode about how the bugs could spell better than most of the kids, so. <laughs> I, I, I like bro Doggett at the end. great bro. <laughs> and I like at the beginning, too, how Doggett's watching the clip of the episode, or he and Monica are watching it together, and she's just like, what is this nonsense? And Doggett's like, dude, this is pretty cool, you know? Just <laughs> and then he suddenly goes grumpy old man really quickly after that. Right. Get off my lawn. Right. It's like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't funny anymore, but... You'd see Doggett riding down the hall or riding down the hill in a porta potty. You think he'd try that at some point, maybe? Well, um, I feel like probably not a porta potty, but he like <laughs> definitely did some like stupid stuff before he like up and joined the Marine Corps. Yeah, he definitely did crazy stuff in the desert. I mean, for sure they had like oh, yeah. a downtime. Yeah, no, 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 they do some like weird questionable things with their free time and not lots dog. of American taxpayers. So, I'm not going to put that on Doggett. Doggett didn't do any of that shit. So, no. But, um, trust no one. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just want to throw, like, a shout out to Chris and Frank for composing a shipper video at the beginning of Trust No One. Is literally, they were like, let's get a voiceover, add some music, and throw in some clips of Mulder and Scully. It'll be great, guys. That's so. what every platonic best friend wants. Yeah. You're, you're, you're perfect opposite. And yeah. that's, that's how I describe my coworkers. <laughs> you're so um, No, no, I even have, like, I even have, like, the, the monologue memorized, I'll spare you, but Thank I... You. <laughs> actually now that you mentioned it maybe <laughs> um i could start but, singing the music maybe yes yes no. <laughs> i think i have tchaikovsky's seasons on on my iphone you can get some background music you should open up the podcast with it one day you'll ask me to speak of an x-files episode <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just waiting to see how long I should leave it before I jump in and say I hate this episode yeah. <laughs> oh my god Damon <laughs> I may or may not have been ranting about that in the car today because I, it's got some beautiful parts and, and, and seeing Scully so like heartbroken and wanting her partner back is, is very touching but at the same time once again woman why are you letting strangers in your apartment near your baby? Like, have yeah, we not had this discussion before? I don't understand that. She didn't go to school a day that they taught about stranger danger. <sighs> yeah, she's just like, you can come in and stay with my miracle child. It'll be fine. Hold my scalpel. Right. In the basket. Yes, it's a basket. It's so not like a basket. It's just like a basket. It really it is. It's a basket. Well, I do. I do have to say. I do have to say. In the defense of mo- mothers, somewhere, <laughs> not everywhere, but somewhere, 
in like in Venezuela, that's really like a custom. You dress up a basket because it's drier than any other thing that you might find. And you like actually use this as a baby carrier for a while. Because like grandmas would like dress it for you and put lace on it and all this shit. So like that didn't strike me as odd, but like the stranger in your living room, yeah. That yeah. did not um that part like Skelly should have at least like had the baby like with her in the room. That's what I don't like understand. Like if like I don't care if like I wasn't like at the center of like a global conspiracy. If I had like a stranger in my house and I had had like a miracle child like a couple weeks ago, I'd be like, you know, he's just gonna stay in my room tonight. Um, but you know, well, in general, I wouldn't even like step away from that kid ever again. But then again, you, you know, guys already discussed. Occasionally, <laughs> you decide to like FedEx into Wyoming. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grandma Scully's busy today, so no autopsy for you. <laughs> um, but at least there's a shipper video in the beginning. And I really like where Scully's like, well, I've already sent for him, so screw you, Doggett. <laughs> right. I mean, home. the episode has a lot of redeeming parts because not only is there, like, you know, like, okay, you get to see how desperate she is, like, and she's kind of losing it, too, because, like, okay, so... The, the the external extenuating circumstances with the kid and she's a new mother and you know like not having her partner and how much she needs to, for him to be there and they get to talk about we get to see that intimate part that we never get to see from the outside but at the same time the the events that set up for these you know outbursts of emotions to happen are so outlandish in the way that they she wouldn't trust anyone to be in her room or like yeah. house. and like then you know she wouldn't even like get like she wouldn't even get up from her seat and leave William behind at the cafe right to like yeah. get another kid or like you know there's like a certain amount of things that are like ah uh, she would have done that differently and I don't know if at the end of the day, like, the math works and, like, how many things are great and how many things are wrong that they cancel each other out. But I feel that as an episode, um, if you forget about those parts that are actually not that important, uh, it's not a bad episode. Because, like, if you take out the whole thing of, like, the woman sleeping in her house and, like, the guy showing up them to look for her. I mean, there could have been so much better ways to um, actually, you know, tell the story that she's being watched uh, and set up a meeting between her and the Shadow Man. Uh, they could, they could have actually brought up the subject that the Shadow. She knows the Shadow Man. She's seen the Shadow Man before because they use Terry Quinn again. So like. That's something that, I, I mean, it's big enough that they could have, like, even tied it in, make it a lucky accident, and, and move on, you know? But... Well, that's... I mean, it's not the shippiness of this episode I dislike. I mean, there's <laughs> great potential with what they're doing here, that Mulder and Scully have been surveilled by these super soldiers for all, the, all these years, so it suddenly ties back in everything that we've known this far in the show ties it into this new mythology direction that we're going in Terry O'Quinn is back, he's a super soldier so maybe Darius Michaud was a super soldier, got destroyed by the bomb yep. mm -hmm. and, and now he's there and this is what he's doing but 
we didn't go to any of that and instead it's all about Mulder as the absent centre once again and Scully who was once one of the strongest female characters ever in pop culture is now reduced to sending emails and letting crazy people into her apartment mm-hmm. and yeah. I don't know why she goes to the internet cafe to check emails from Mulder who's on the run because she logs into her FBI email account yeah <laughs> well no so, it's Queequeg0925 no. but she's getting some type well, of FBI email. email yes yeah and it would make sense that she would have her name on it at all <laughs> Um, like, if you're trying to, like, have covert emails, you should probably not, like, put your real name down. <laughs> um, plus, Tiffany was worried about the bottle and how it was heated up, and she was afraid <laughs> someone had microwaved it. <laughs> um, oh, no, like, whatever. <laughs> it just kind of keeps falling back on the same theme, that there was just so much missed potential with this myth arc. There's a lot yes. of ingredients there that could have been amazing, and it yeah. just falls flat and again you know we keep what's the matter with my baby well that never gets touched upon again maybe, I, maybe I take it to a doctor that besides, oh, besides she is a doctor besides the intro that it's like touching and that's like the emotional side of this episode but like the actual action parts of the episode are really great because and there's a train sequence that's really elaborate and re- like production wise it's like really cool and the scene in the quarry, it's pretty awesome. Um, the explosion of the car, it's like, okay, it's cool because, like, uh, well, you get the... I feel like the- Skelly would have been upset about her, like, nice jacket. That was a nice jacket she had that got blown up. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, I, my, my favorite action part of this episode, it's the, the train sequence. At the like, station? Whenever. Yeah, whatever, like, keep my rolling, Keep her. rolling. <laughs> I'm a federal agent, but I'm not going to take out my credentials to show you. Right. Yeah. They were in the jacket that got blown up, so she needs to get a new badge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. That's the thing. The gun, too. How is she going to explain that? Mm. Well, it's kind of like Mulder's cell phones always getting Also, her- like, we never really follow up on the surveillance. Like, I would have thought she would have the lone gunman, like, come into her apartment and, like, comb the crap out of it. Um, or just, you know, move? no consequences from this episode yeah. whatsoever. No. Except they learn about the magnetite. That's kind of the one yeah. piece But that doesn't make s- sense. The, um, I guess they're implying that, like, magnetite is found in, like, Iron from, but like it's not an orange color. Like that band is. I mean, magnetite looks like a bra- uh, like blackish, shiny mineral. So Roy explains what the fuck is magnetite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I decided to answer it for Jillian Anderson. So. Um, but yeah, no, it is slightly magnetic naturally, and it's just like this, like cool shine. Like, look up magnetite. It's honestly, it's like it's a cool looking rock, and I have a piece of it somewhere, but I just don't know where it is. Um, but I decided to keep a piece in case the aliens come. So. Um, I don't know. It's a ba- it's a bad episode that I love. I I hate <laughs> to love and I love to hate, but like, dearest Dana. I like the email at the end the best, I think. I don't like when she's, like, physically shaking at reading his words. Um, like, it's a little fantasy. Um, not in, like, a good way. Um, uh, and, like, I get the Dear Stana thing, you know, but not really. Um, <laughs> Just 
all seems very out of character. Yeah, I like the beginning, though. Yeah, I do, too. Like, <laughs> in spite of myself, it's just, like, the bits that just sort of nag at you, but then it's, you know, it, you just... One day you asked me to speak of the truth, of the miracle of your birth, to explain what is unexplained. David's, like, really hoping I don't keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> We've totally got you outnumbered tonight. This is just like, <laughs> If I falter or fail on this day, no, there is an answer, David. A sacred, imperishable truth, but one you may never hope to find alone. Chance meeting your perfect platonic other, your perfect platonic opposite. Chance embarking with this other on the greatest of platonic journeys. <laughs> a search for platonicness and something else. <laughs> if one day... I can't do this. I had an exercise. That was great. <laughs> that the truth is not found in science or in some platonic plane, but by looking into your platonic heart. <laughs> no one is going to understand platonic if they haven't been on Twitter. We should probably explain it at some point. Go ahead and explain so, it now. Okay, so, so guys, uh, guys, there's a special uh, called The yeah, X-Files Reopened. It's yeah. filled with spoilers, so spoiler alert. Yeah, like, there's, like, lights upon this spoiler alert. Now, is it just spoilers for the first episode? Oh, no, 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 no David. It's no, no, like no. It's, okay. hardcore Mulder and Skelly spoilers, like... Like, I have never okay, seen, like... Is it spoilers as in, this is stuff that's going to happen in the show? This is stuff that's to mm -hmm. do with the story, or this is... No, no, no. It, relationship? It's like nothing to do with the story. Okay. <laughs> Chunks of really emotional dialogue completely yeah. out of context. Yeah, I don't care about that. <sighs> yes, David. Well, uh, that's, that's all in that special, and then, like, the interview, Chris, about... Talking you know, about Mulder and Skelly's relationship. Where they land, and, like, where we are right now, and all the stuff. Yeah. And it's the, I mean, there's people that have been arguing back and forth on Twitter that, oh, no, well, what he said, it was taken out of context. No, no, no. no. It wasn't taken out of context. It wasn't taken out of context. It's been, he, he gives an answer to whichever question it was that they made off camera, saying that, you know, Mulder and Scully had a platonic relationship for nine years. And when Chris Carter says nine years, what he really means is nine seasons. Like, he's not taking into account, like, the double year in season one that he, yeah. <laughs> like, never mentions at all. <laughs> like, I think he's forgotten about it. Um, so when he says nine years, he really means, like, nine seasons. And I don't know if he remembers, like, the multitudes of time where, like, Mulder and Sky are like, let's make out. Um, <laughs> like, when he tried to, like, kiss her in a hallway in 1998, which was, you know, like, season five. <laughs> Um, but that was platonic, you know, it was just like a platonic gesture. I mean, he's like, I, I could make the argument that things stop being platonic when something, something happens, you know, because well, that's, a good <laughs> that's the definition of platonic is that you, you live out of the idea and like things get interrupted and whatever. But like, by the time that all things was written, one of the directives that that Jillian was given to write the episode was that by that time Mulder and Scully had been already sleeping together. Yeah, and they made her change the episode to imply that. Yeah. So, nope. 
Yeah, Chris is like, that never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. So, like, and then he goes on to say, we never see them kind of, like, conceive this Together child. as a couple. Yeah. And That's stuff because like that. the show is on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is not a show. Damn it! Uh, well. But... You know, it just became uh, this thing where, like, I mean, I saw the whole special, and then after I was done watching the special, I was like... Wait, did he just say that? <laughs> like, there was so much happening in the special, and it, anyone who's watched it, will, like, your your brain is just, like, out of its mind with, like, all the stuff they're dropping on you because it just keeps going. Like, they give you all these scenes and these moments and this dialogue of things you'd never heard, thought you'd, like, hear them talk about. Um, and um, and then, like, yeah, obviously, like, you go back, you're like, did he say they were platonic? Um, and like a couple people were commenting on it and we decided we'd have like a little bit of fun last night <laughs> um, and so we decided to like come up with an appropriate hashtag which became platonic activity instead of paranormal activity um, and we like paired it with a gif of Mulder and Scully hardcore like making out in the truth <laughs> right in front of their boss yep and uh, it was even like a lightened gif so um, you could see their faces. Um, and we're like, <laughs> Chris Carter said Mulder and Scully were platonic for nine years. Hashtag platonic activity. Um, and it kind of spiraled into a small internet phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is probably going to keep going for a while. <laughs> um, so if anyone's interested, they can check out the tag platonic activity on Twitter and probably other social media networks. Um, you know, at this point in time, but um, hence the platonic. I guess that brings us up to the quiz. Okay, I did not study. Well, good because I threw these together at the last possible moment. So. Okay, good. It'll be fine. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Can you tell that we're getting to the end of these podcasts? What? Season nine's just hard. <laughs> like I, there, I think it gets a lot more grief than it deserves, but it's still hard. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I enjoyed Demonicus a lot more than I remembered mm-hmm. because it's been ages since I watched that one. But I'm really looking forward to, I think the next bunch. We have John Doe in there. Yes, and Hellbound. John Doe. I found, you know, with this person that I told you that I was, it was rewatching the show, in in the, such a brief time. Not rewatching, just watching for the first time. Uh, yeah. Um. So like it with season eight and season nine, it kind of became the pattern that the first episodes of both seasons were kind of like, kind of like finding the footing, and then the second half of the seasons were just like more consistent and. A lot more emotionally heartbreaking, and she was like, for her, I noticed that because I was just basically reading her tweets. She would like fly through, a, probably like on season eight, it was like salvage and sure kill and all the stuff that we discussed the last time, um, or like the last time that I, I, I think Garrett said something and we just yeah yeah went on. Um, <laughs> but then after she hid, like, I guess for her was after Permanum, it was <sighs> one big scream after the other. And you can tell that that reaction was probably the most faithful, you know, representation of how the, the season does come together after a while. 
And it kind of makes me wonder why that happens, because I could excuse it for season eight, because basically they were like getting into the new dynamic. But for season nine, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I guess that we're they're like trying to bring in Reyes and like Mulder for now for for real now is gone. So maybe he was for on the train. He was on the train watching Skelly. <laughs> but we do have we there's some really good standalone episodes in this season coming up. Yes. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to revisiting because they're ones that I hardly ever do, so I'm sure there's yep. something good about Sunshine Days. It's Vince Gilligan. <clears throat> anyway. I know, I know. Yep. Spinning spinner. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, the good visuals. <laughs> yeah. um, fangirl Monica. Yeah, fangirl Monica. Monica and, and, and Doggett hold hands at the end of the episode. I think um, I prefer release for... <laughs> Touching for, for Monica this. and Doggett. Your art, yeah, me too. Plus, Love the it. music in release is amazing. Mark Snow. We're going to get there. Next, yeah, next we'll time. get there. Oh, actually, this is Trust No One is the last appearance of Scully's theme in the X-Files, I believe. I don't think we see it in William, but I could double check. We might see it in William. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, excellent. Anyway, trivia. All right. Quiz. Okay, question one. In Daemonicus, what game are the couple playing in the teaser? Scrabble. That was a hard one to start you off. (laughs) (laughs) It's a game with letters because they spell out Daemonicus. (laughs) And it's not with friends, it's actual legit Scrabble. (laughs) Okay, Uh, question two. Also in Daemonicus, how did Dr. Sampson die? Injections to her face. Multiple injections to her face. <laughs> yes, you Why get the point. Uh, question three. In 4D, what kind of sandwich does Lucas tell his mother he's making her? Oh, gross. Potted meat. <laughs> what even is that? I don't know, but that always cracks me up because the actress who plays his mother was in a old Christmas movie with Nicolas Cage called Trapped in Paradise. What? Which... <laughs> It's worth seeing if you haven't seen it. And basically, there's these three brothers who try and rob a bank on Christmas Eve. She plays the bank manager's wife in it, and it's just quite a funny Christmas film. Question four. In Lord of the Flies, which musician was Dylan a fan of? Was it Uh, Vicious? Um, he He had a bunch of posters in his room, didn't he? He did. Um, they play two of his songs in the show too. Well, mm. oh, wasn't it Pink Floyd? Was it Sid the Sid Barrett? It was. A question five. What was the tagline changed to for Trust No One? They're watching. Correct. Congratulations, Avi. Five out of five. <laughs> God. <laughs> team effort, go team. Yeah. Just take three people to actually make this happen. Right. <laughs> well, the tagline was changed and nothing important happened today, too. Mm-hmm. As well. To nothing important happened today? Happened today, yeah. Yeah. And that saved me watching the entire rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's just think of the shipper video and trust me. Happy thoughts. 
Happy, Happy thoughts. thoughts. Happy thoughts. Okay. Um, next week, it's John Doe through the improbable. So there are one, two, three episodes I'm really looking forward to in that one. Yay. <laughs> Happy, happy thoughts. Very good. Tune in next Friday to find out which ones. <laughs> I, I promise I will watch the two-parter mythology episode for next week's. Provenance and Providence. It's only so that I can articulately um, go off on why the Lone Gunman is so stupid in that episode. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but Garrett will be here to defend them, I'm sure, and Tiffany will be here. That's it for this week's episode. Kava, Roy, Avi, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And um, have a happy and prosperous 2016. Yes. How many more days now? 24 days till X-Files is back? 24. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's happened. Okay, I'm going to go and have a scotch with ice. Not to watch anything with Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Connor. Come on. Like movies with him when where he tries to be serious that I just like I can't. I mean whatever things like Bat Lieutenant and all no. No. Let's just not do that. Yeah, he... Gotten slightly off topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But he does go full on Nicolas Cage in a few scenes in that, so that's always fun. It's just a stupid movie, and she cracks me up in it, and she so I was laughing there. Like, oh, she's found a gun. <laughs> <laughs> now she's eating human. Oh god, that was so gross.